welcome to the Narrative First podcast, the only podcast where story is king. I am your host, Jim Hull, the voice of Narrative First, and this is episode 59, connecting the main character to the overall story. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of story structure and story analysis. This week, you'll notice that the format for the podcast is different. After editing and publishing last week's episode and listening to Seth Godin's new podcast, Akimbo, it became quite clear to me that I could be delivering more of a succinct message with each podcast. And if you notice that I'm speaking with a more distinct voice, that is because of the transcription service that I now use, which is actually a software as a service called Descript at Descript.com, where I can just import in the audio that I record here and instantly receive back a transcription of the entire podcast. This makes the editing process much easier. I can go in, select phrases or sentences or complete detours of conversation and delete them just by selecting the actual words. But I did notice going back over last week's podcast that I occasionally use the word like, I occasionally use the words and so, and I occasionally drift off into all kinds of non sequiturs that don't really add up to much. It's really important to me that this podcast, the articles and the analysis that I write on Narrative First, provide you with some kind of meaning, some kind of help when it comes to actually writing a story. And eventually, as I become more comfortable with it, I'm sure the humor and the relaxed nature of the previous podcasts will come back. So the new format will consist of two sections, two topics separated by an update in the middle, which is essentially an update to the Narrative First site and the Narrative First atomizer. If you're not connected with those, this will be a way to catch up with what has been added over the last week. And with that, let's get started. This week I want to talk about connecting the main character through line to the overall story through line. The biggest problem I see with stories today, with the stories that I consult on or ones that I see, is this failure to connect the main character's problem with the overall story's problem. Essentially, if you're familiar with the dramatic theory of story, it's the crucial element, the connective tissue between the main character's through line and the overall story through line. Now, with a changed main character, where the main character actually changes their resolve, this crucial element lies along the problem and solution elements. With the steadfast character, the main character that remains steadfast and maintains their worldview throughout the entire story, this crucial element lies along the focus and direction of their through line and the overall story through line. In other words, the main character focus and direction and the overall story focus and direction will be the same in a steadfast story. In a changed story, the main character's problem and solution will match the overall story's problem and solution. This has the added benefit of actually providing great meaning to the story. In essence, what you're getting is both an objective account and a subjective account of what that inequity feels like. So you get to see it from a distance and you get to experience what that feels like from within. This is something that we can't get in our regular lives and why all of us are drawn to great stories. Recently, I discussed how I saw the twin disasters of the Emoji movie and the Lego Ninjago movie of last year. The reason why I refer to them as disasters is because both of them failed to provide meaning. They failed to provide an actual story. And the core problem in each is this failure of connecting the main character through line with the overall story through line. 
For instance, in the emoji movie, you have Gene, who is the meh emoji, and he has the problem where he doesn't feel like he can be himself. He has all these attitudes, all these different expressions, and he can't express himself the way he would like to because he's set in a particular role that he has to play. The overall story through line is all about killing him. These don't connect very well, at least with something like Aliens, where you have Ripley as the main character and the overall story through line of the bug hunt of killing the aliens. There is a connective tissue between the element of desire. She yearns to be with her daughter and the aliens yearn to live. It's the same kind of problem that exists in the recent Blade Runner 2049. The reason those two films are successful and the reason why the Emoji Movie made $2 over its opening weekend is because the latter failed to connect the main character's problem with the overall story problem. Consider Lady Bird, which I believe has a 99% Rotten Tomatoes rating and a film that I saw over the weekend. There you have a main character who completely rejects everything to do with her hometown, including her mother. Everywhere she goes, she's completely done with it, wants nothing to do with the small town, and wants to move on to the East Coast where there is at least a little bit of culture. The overall story through line also explores rejection, but from a dispassionate point of view. Her father, who's recently fired from his job, goes to look for more work and finds rejection in the workplace. He finds ageism. Her temporary boyfriend, played by Lucas Hedges, also struggles with rejection and the fact that he's gay in an Irish Catholic family. Here you can see that rejection is reflected both in the main character through line and the overall story through line. What you get is a dissonance between the two. You get to see what it looks like to feel rejected and also to see others be rejected. And therefore it makes sense when she finally accepts her name and who she is, why that results in an overall story outcome of success. There's actually meaning that is being communicated there. Stop rejecting everything around you and you can learn to appreciate where you came from. That is the message or the argument of Ladybird, and that works because it connects the main character through line problem with the overall story through line problem. Consider Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Here's another recent film that also does a great job of connecting the main character through line with the overall story through line. Elizabeth's problem of control, where she feels like she has to be in control of everything and dominate pretty much everyone around her, is also reflected in the overall story through line problem of trying to control the kind of material that Marston puts into his Wonder Woman comics. There you have control operating both in the main character subjective through lines and the overall story through line. By connecting the main character and the overall story through line at this element level, the writer creates a story with narrative integrity. The story means something. It communicates a message. It's not just there to entertain. It's an opportunity to experience something and to witness something that we can't get in our own lives. Here are the updates for the Narrative First site and the Narrative First Atomizer. In the Atomizer last week, we saw the story forms for Ladybird, Mother, and Enough Said added to the site. In addition, the second complete story form for an entire series of television was added to the Atomizer. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which won a Golden Globe this year, the first season of that show has a complete story form 
and it's now available for you to see. In addition, the Atomizer had updates in the way it's presented on mobile devices and updates to the character and plot dynamics. This is something that I alluded to in last week's episode, and I'm starting to do for all story forms. Currently, you have images for the main character and influence character of Ladybird and more descriptive ways of understanding the character dynamics and plot dynamics. In addition to the analysis of Ladybird, you'll find connective tissue between the analysis on the narrative first site and the narrative first atomizer. Now when you click on a story point, for instance, story goal of learning, it's not separated into two separate links for either story goal and learning. You actually find all the films that possess a story point with a story goal of learning. Similarly, main character problem of non-acceptance, which apparently is a trend in storytelling recently. If you click on that, you'll find all the different narratives with the main character problem of non-acceptance. And I'll be going back through all the analyses on narrative first and connecting them to the atomizer. Lastly, Stephen Greenfield, the chief software architect of Dramatica Story Expert and Dramatica Theory, had a comment published in the New York Times in an article entitled The Tyranny of Convenience. I'll link to my blog post about that in the show notes. Essentially, Stephen talks about how reporters had come out to interview them about Dramatica in 1994 and about how it essentially allowed writers to cheat their way into finishing their screenplays. But of course, before the cameras rolled, Melanie spoke up and said Dramatica doesn't make things easier, it actually makes things harder, which is exactly something Melanie would say. And I find it funny because I spend a lot of time talking about how Dramatica speeds up the development process. My context, of course, is the animation industry where several years are spent trying to figure out what it is the essence of the story that you're actually trying to tell and how an understanding of the Dramatica theory of story can shorten that time span drastically. But it is true that something like Dramatica makes the development process more complicated and more difficult because you actually have to think through a lot of your story points. Something like Save the Cat or The Hero's Journey grabs more popularity because of its ease of use. Now, features like the narrative argument, which I'll get into in a second, are my attempts to bridge the gap between that ease of use and the complexity and sophistication of the Dramatica theory of story. But it is true that Dramatica actually makes things more difficult, and it should, because writing a great story should be something thought-provoking. Recently, I received a letter that asked, I noticed that with the narrative first atomizer, you've incorporated this notion of narrative argument, which on the surface appears to be a central narrative drive for the story. I haven't seen this in Dramatica, so is it a new innovation of your own? And the answer is yes, this is an innovation of my own. After several years of consulting and mentoring Dramatica students, the one thing I notice more than anything else is this failure to understand what the story form actually is what value it provides the writer. So much time is spent figuring out the different story points and figuring out whether or not a story is driven by actions or decisions 
or whether or not the story outcome is a success or a failure, that writers fail to see the forest for the trees. They don't see that the story form there is to provide an argument. It's basically a highly complex and sophisticated way of looking at a thematic argument or a narrative argument. Those individual story points, like the main character problem, the story judgment, the main character growth, all those combined to create the narrative argument of a story. For instance, in the previous section I was speaking about Lady Bird. The narrative argument in that film is, stop rejecting everything around you and you can learn to appreciate where you came from. That's a combination of Christine, that's Lady Bird, moving away from non-acceptance, that's her problem element as a main character, and into acceptance of her true name, her solution element of acceptance. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, that problem element of non-acceptance should really be rejection. As she moves into acceptance, she finally learns, that's the overall story goal of learning, how to find peace, story judgment of good, and to appreciate where she came from, which is another way of saying that she appreciates her mother and her mother's attention. That's why the film is so beautiful. It's actually saying something. It's promoting something. It's arguing a certain point of view, and it's doing it in a very emotional and touching way. But at the core of it is this idea of the narrative argument. The narrative argument of a story is integral to the integrity of a narrative. Understanding how this central argument works and the purpose behind a story form makes it easier for the author to imagine scenes and situations that support their intent. If you've read Robert McKee's story, you've likely run into this idea of the controlling idea, which is McKee's way of rephrasing Lajos Igri's concept of the thematic statement, the greed leads to self-destruction. And I remember when I was a student in college, how relevatory this idea was. Of course, I'm going to write a story about how greed leads to self-destruction, but how exactly am I going to do that? Now, Melanie and Chris in the theory book prescribe a way of using the different issues in the different through lines, the issues and counterpoints to argue this message. You'd show how self-interest led to self-destruction. You'd show how morality led to a better life. Perhaps give little hints where it's not all that bad and where morality is a little bad. But in the end, self-interest outweighs morality. And therefore, you make the argument greed leads to self-destruction. I prefer to look at the entire story form as arguing the message of greed leads to self-destruction. And with the narrative argument, I've identified six key story points to make up the author's message. The main character resolve, the main character growth, the story goal, the story outcome, the story judgment, and the main character crucial element, which I spoke about in the previous section. For a change characters, this would be the problem or solution. And for steadfast characters, this would either be the focus or direction. If the narrative calls for a tragedy or some kind of failure in the overall story through line, the atomizer swaps out the goal for the story consequence. And if the narrative features a main character with a steadfast resolve, it switches out problem and solution for focus and direction. The problem with the method described in the theory book is it leads down the path of overthinking the narrative argument. If it is true that greed leads to self-destruction, and you're using self-interest and morality to prove that, what about the issue and counterpoint in the other three through lines? This approach pulls the through lines apart as if they operate on their own. They don't. 
The main character doesn't exist without the influence character. The protagonist doesn't exist without the antagonist. The overall story doesn't exist without the relationship story through line. All the elements within a story form work together. One doesn't exist without the other. They all work together to prove a singular narrative argument. So when it comes to greed leading to self-destruction, what exactly do you want to say about greed? Is it a matter of moving away from avoiding things like Simba in The Lion King or David Grant in Nebraska? Or is it more about moving towards avoiding things like Ed Exley in LA Confidential or Elliot in E.T. The Extraterrestrial? All four of these films feature avoidance or avoid as the main character crucial element. In The Lion King in Nebraska, it's about moving away from avoiding. Stop avoiding your responsibilities. In LA Confidential and E.T., it's about moving towards avoiding or preventing rather than pursuing. Here you can see that you can create all kinds of nuances when it comes to greed leads to self-destruction. And this is only one element. Avoid is only one element. There are 63 other elements that could come into conflict when it comes to the center of the main character's personal throughline. By connecting the main character with the overall story and appreciating all the story points within a dramatic story form, the writer solidifies their narrative argument. They give meaning to the story they're writing. It's my hope that this idea of the narrative argument, the bigger picture, greater understanding of what that story form is, is the kind of connective tissue that draws more artists to the theory and in turn creates greater stories. Dramatica is not all that complicated when you understand the reason for the different through lines, the different story points, the character dynamics, and the plot dynamics. Once you see how they all work together to form a singular argument, the process of encoding those different story points and bringing them to your story becomes an enjoyable and creative process. In the end, Dramatica makes better stories. And it's my hope through concepts like the narrative argument that writers find a better way to tell better stories. That's it for this week's podcast. If you have any questions about these two ideas of connecting the main character to the overall story through line or the narrative argument in general, please write to me at narrativefirst.com contact. I hope you have a great week of writing and I'll see you next time.